MM Comscast. Buzzing with industry insights. Hello to all our regular MM Comscast listeners, and if it's your first time here, a big welcome to you as well. I'm Mike Croft, and my guest today is Helen Lamont. As COVID restrictions are slowly lifted, many people are starting to plan their live events. Various test events are being held over the next few months, and it will be interesting to see what recommendations come out of these. But it is probably safe to presume that masks, social distancing, and therefore reduced numbers might have to be part of our event plans for some time to come. Many events have rolled over from last year, so organisers will need to look at how they can adapt and change their event plans to make them safe. Now, I'd have none other than the great Helen Lamont, regular guest and my favourite logistics and events planner, to spot the challenges ahead of your next live event. So, Helen, events in the past have shunted people into close proximity to each other. It might be fair to say that people are forced to engage with each other under these circumstances. So, if there are restrictions on numbers or social distancing, what does this mean for events in the future? If social distancing is going to be part of the plan, I think events are either going to have to get smaller. In many cases, people might have their event space already booked. So to allow for social distancing, event numbers are going to probably be smaller. It might also be that people are quite happy with that as the thought of going to something really massive straight away. You know, as most people have been hibernating, that could be actually quite daunting for them. So a small event might reassure them. Or if you haven't already got your space booked, it might be that you look for a much larger space to hold an event you'd already got planned so that you can allow for social distancing. Although interesting, obviously, the some of the government test events have already happened and they've done testing so that social distancing hasn't and masks haven't been part of the plan. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what advice comes out as the sort of weeks go on. But obviously... If you're planning an event now, it's probably best to allow for social distancing as part of that plan. And if for some reason that is taken out of the equation, then you might be able to just invite more people. We are still in a very fluid period. On one hand, the government says all restrictions will be lifted, but the scientists are warning that there will still need to be some level of mitigation for some time to come and possible future wave of infection heading into the winter months. Yes, I think definitely if you're you know, planning now for something in a few months' time, I personally would maybe err on the side of caution and plan it with social distancing in mind. And then if you can invite more people, then great. But, you know, if social distancing is still a requirement, at least you've got the space or you've planned for that because it's easier to adapt your plan to allow more people probably than it is to suddenly put social distancing into the mix and having to half your audience If it turns out that you can only bring roughly half of your audience to the event, there are options for reaching people who cannot attend, right? Absolutely. You could run a hybrid event. So the event is also broadcast. So if you've got people travelling, you know, much further afield or you can't get all the roles you want there, it could be that the main presentations are broadcast to the wider community and you just invite some key roles to actually be there on the day. People have become accustomed to using outdoor spaces with private and pub gardens being endured in some unseasonal temperatures. Should events be looking to utilise outdoor space more and should we be specifically looking for venues that have outdoor space? 
again, I think if you're going sort of erring on the side of caution, you know, having a venue with an outdoor space is, I mean, it's lovely anyway. If the British weather is on your side, it's great. You know, I think in normal times, if you're doing a conference and you're stuck in a conference room all day, people love to get outside. Obviously, you know, the weather in this country isn't that reliable. So, you know, I think many venues are investing in their outdoor spaces. So they might, you know, have sort of an open marquee or a more covered area. But yeah, I think absolutely. If if your venue's got an outdoor space, it's great to have that as part of the plan. If we're having to do this with, you know, sort of COVID restrictions, it's a, again, getting people outside could make the networking side of it a bit easier and people can get rid of their masks, all that side of it. Talking about masks, if they have to be part of future events, which seems possible, is there something that we can do with them that is a bit fun, maybe around identifying groups? Yeah, I mean, we may have to wear masks during sessions and people might just even choose to do that because they've got used to sort of, if you're indoors, you wear a mask. I mean, you could have some fun with that. You could do branded face masks. You could even split people into different groups by issuing different coloured ones, you know, instead of a badge or things like that. Customising masks. You could just have a bit of fun with it. (laughs) Mask wearing aside, what are the logistical practicalities that we are likely to see in place? Maybe have a longer time for registration, so it's a bit more staggered. You could have different things starting at different times. Maybe there's workshops start at different times, so people arrive at a bit more staggered starting points, which again would help. One-way systems, as someone who plans logistics, you know, it's quite nice to have an excuse to put in a one-way system. As far as room plans, obviously it's quite challenging to get as many people as possible in a room and still socially distance, and it will affect numbers. There is an opportunity to come up with creative and interesting solutions to make it still engaging, you know, encourage interaction. If we're getting everybody in one room after all this time, I think it needs to have a focus on the people and the networking because that's what you can't effectively do online. When you register for an event, you normally get an information pack. What additional information would you put in that pack now? I think, firstly, you probably got to remember that lots of people haven't left the house for a year or 18 months. So I think, you know, some reassurance about what measures you've put in place to keep them safe, how the event's going to work. Personally, I might be a bit nervous going to something like this. So at least if I knew what I was going to expect when I got there would help me, you know, simple things as well, like don't forget your face mask. When not to attend, you know, obviously if you're feeling ill, don't come. Some companies might want them to do lateral flow tests, things like that. So it's again about what they need to do beforehand, what to expect when they get there and any actions we want them to do so that they can attend safely. The idea of vaccine passports has been kicking around and I can see how some people may welcome it if it opens doors for them. But... Unless the government makes it mandatory, I don't see the events industry forcing this on people. Do you? Uh, Sort of a month or so ago, I would have said they were sounding quite likely, actually. But there hasn't seemed to be as much discussion about them in the past few weeks. I think initially, when I heard about them, I was kind of, well, anything that gets me out, then great. But it's going to be something that's very difficult to implement. There's obviously all kinds of... um, moral and social kind of issues around it all as well. 
and listening to many people discussing it, you know, I've kind of changed my views slightly in that I thought, well, actually, maybe test and trace might be better to invest money than a vaccine passport. The test events like the ones we've seen in the Crucible in Sheffield for the snooker and the live music events have relied on having a negative test beforehand. How has this worked exactly? Well, looking at the test events that have happened already, they've actually had to go for a lateral flow test, but it had to be a supervised one. So it wasn't one you could do at home. Obviously, if this is a private corporate event, it may be that companies are issuing and encouraging their employees to test anyway. So it might be that they decide that that is absolutely fine. You know, again, I think we need probably a bit more guidance about what's expected. But definitely the mass testing route seems to look like something that might be applied to events. It's looking like this might be the more workable solution than vaccine passports and a route that more people go down. Thank you, Helen. You've been listening to the MM Comscast with me, Mike Cruft. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, hit subscribe and never miss an episode. You can get in touch with the producers at hello at mediamaker.co.uk. Bye for now. MM Comscast, buzzing with industry insights.